This is No Creamer. I'm Nick Richards, and today I'm joined by Hector Alejandro Correro. He is the founder of Tiger Teeth Creative, part of the visionary team for Do No Evil, and the best hype man that I've ever known. I've known him for like two weeks. How's it going, man? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for having me, bro. Yeah, heck yeah, dude. So we connected after doing an episode with uh, Josh a couple weeks ago, and I say best hype man because, bro, you were you were amping it up on the get-go. I DM'd you, and you were like, hey, bro, you sent me like four messages in a row that was like, keep going, keep pressing, keep moving. You got this. And I was like, <laughs> my gosh, man, this guy's got my back, and he's known me for two seconds over Instagram. I appreciated that, man. Dude, I love it, man. I loved seeing... Um, you're plugged in with the whole Wayward crew, right, in Oak Cliff? Uh, as much as I can be over in Fort Worth, yeah. Okay, see, yeah. that's what I love, dude, because I grew up in Oak Cliff, and I'm constantly in Wayward, mm. and I've met so many people, bro, Apparently, your name's Nick, right? Because yeah. we're still meeting. Okay, so yeah, Nick, yeah, yeah, yeah. look, Nick, you're apparently a hot commodity. Oh yeah, in Dallas right now, bro. I'm okay. not even. I'm not even blowing smoke up your butt, bro. <laughs> like people know your podcast, and that's why when you DM'd me, literally, bro, my eyebrows fell off of my face. I was like, this freaking dude. Because obviously, right now, it's not big in the numbers wise. Sure, but it's like. It, there's attraction. So it, I got really excited because a lot of people know about you, bro. So it's an honor to be here. I'm stoked bro. you're here, man. You have the best energy of uh, anybody I've ever met in my life. I'm stoked <laughs> for whatever that means for this episode and for uh, our, the future of our friendship. So yeah. did you, uh, let's jump into it, man. You are launching a clothing line. Is it a new line for y'all or is it a new like season for y'all? Or are you launching the full-blown clothing line this weekend? Dude, like for... It's it's gonna be a new line because um, my buddy and his wife had already launched last year, okay. and then they took a big break and they wanted to come back with a big bang. And they had invited me and my wife to join the team. And bro, like we're just we're nobodies, bro. Like mm. everyone in the we already talked about this off air. It's like everyone is doing everything you want to do already. Yeah. There's 5 million people doing the clothing line, photography, whatever you want to do, there's a million people doing it. So we just had to come into it really hot mm -hmm. and not give one crap about what anyone thinks about us. Yeah. Because if you go to my Instagram, bro, I'm like, I, I would unfollow me if I were you because I'm posting <laughs> nonstop about us. I might be so annoying, but it's because we just believe in it. Yeah. And we're super excited. But yeah, man, me and my wife, we're new to the game. We're just uh, working our tails off trying to put our face on the map. And it's, it's, a, it's so much fun, bro. Yeah. It's so much fun, dude. So I don't want to confuse the things that I introduced you with. So the clothing is do no evil. So we're talking about all the different people that are doing literally everything, anything that you've thought of, anything that you want to do somebody's probably already doing something pretty close. How have y'all differentiated yourself enough? Because I think that's the name of the game, right? Oh, bro, all day. I think I think if you look deep enough within the interwebs, you're going to find somebody doing exactly what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to be okay with that, bro. Yeah. And especially people in within our generation and, and in the young crowd, it's, it's everyone's having identity crisis or imposter syndrome or whatever. Like you just have to not care because someone's going to be doing what you're doing and probably doing it way better mm. or vice versa. They're the ones with millions of followers and they're, they're what they have out there sucks, right? Yeah. It's like both ends of the spectrum. Mm. And right now what we're trying to do to separate ourselves is just authentically be ourselves and 
more tangible response to that is I've been putting out so many hood rat videos, bro. <laughs> like me and my friends are out there tagging up Dallas. We're putting, we're going old school, dude. We're getting like oh, yeah. writing sharp. My buddy's in the back of my 2004 Ford Focus writing Do No Evil on a note card we got from a gas station and we're scotch taping them all over the city, making crazy videos, slapping music on it. Like we're just being... I see something with a four-wheeler on the top of a yeah, garage. Yeah, Dude, we're just... When I say hood rat, it's true because we're all from Oak Cliff. Okay. We're all from like the part of Oak Cliff where it was really a rougher neighborhood. So mm. I grew up doing graffiti. I grew up doing all this crazy stuff. So I think it was really fun getting my friends and being able to do what we grew up doing. Yeah. But like in a legal way, because obviously we're not spray painting or right. vandalizing stuff, but we're trying to be as different as we can versus just putting a cool Instagram post out. Sure, man. It's a little bit of a uh, guerrilla marketing perspective on that. Like everybody's behind their phone all the time. You get half a second of someone's attention if you're a, a brand, if you're Coke or if you're a local clothing line from Dallas, Texas, going out and throwing physical, tangible media mm -hmm. around the city is a, a totally different approach. That kind of reminds me of Spider-Verse when he's tagging his, uh, his, his stickers all over the city. Dude, I love that movie so much, it's bro. It's such a good movie. Bro, I didn't even know there was a little... Um a little Spider-Man pig. Oh, yeah? I never knew that in my I life. I didn't either. Also, bro, for every, anyone listening to this podcast, if you tune out right now, I understand because I'm the worst guest on the No Creamer podcast. I don't know anything about coffee. Y'all want to know what I know about coffee? I've had Folgers in my life. Y'all don't even see the disgust on Nick's face right now. He is so no, disgusted no. with me right now. <laughs> I'm only because I've only ever heard it pronounced Folgers, but now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> there's no... I don't even know. I can't picture the box. There's no D in Folgers, right? No, bro. It's F-O-L-G-E-R-S. That's all I know, bro. I only know that, and I only know my white girl drink, bro. I get iced <laughs> vanilla latte, oat milk, because I'm trying to trim off some fat. You know what oh, I mean? I, got you. I yeah, call yeah. it lonjas, and it's in Spanish. It's the side tire, the muffin top, yeah. whatever you want to call the extra fat <laughs> on the side of your... I call, it's lonjas in Spanish, bro. So I get that oat milk, add a little bit of cinnamon. I call it a day, bro. It sounds delicious. That's all. Are you for real? You lying to no, me? No, no, I'm dead. I'm dead serious because as much as I love throwing no creamer and the brand when it comes to black coffee, bro, I love oat milk lattes. I love Ochata from Sons of Liberty over here in Fort Worth. What'd you say? Ochata? <laughs> that's no, that's like they're like, they take, no, I know, they take, bro, just yeah, the way yeah. you said it. I know, bro. White boy in me has no idea how to pronounce horchata. Bro, respect that. <laughs> you love horchata. I respect it, bro. There you go. So they make a, an oat milk horchata. And it's fantastic. Bro, I love horchata. And I didn't even know it's hot right now in the coffee world. Yeah. See, there's one thing I have seen in the coffee world because I always work at coffee shops. Horchata is a hot commodity right now, bro. Mm. That place in um, on uh, Jefferson, dude. In Oak Cliff, Zaman. Have you seen it? I have not. Bro. So this is OG. Not OG, I'm sorry. They're brand spanking new to Oak Cliff. They're called the Zaman Cafe. And they are killing it right now, bro. Because yeah. like I said, I'm from Oak Cliff. And back in the day, it was so hoodlum. Mm -hmm. It was, there's nothing going on, like no gentrifying happening. Yeah. But as, you, as you've seen in the last 10 years, it's been hot. And then there's this new joint straight from Mexico, bro. That all their cups and their bowls and their plates are like all handmade in Mexico. And they have the horchata styled mm -hmm. lattes and they do food and bev. It's, it's a cool little that joint. Sounds awesome, See, man. I'm not that bad. I know a little thing. No, no, you got it. See, yeah. there you go. I, I had no idea. What would you say the personal um, effect on you growing up over there has been experiencing that little bit of gentrification in the last couple of, in the last decade or so? Dude, I, I mean, I think the young people love it. 
Mm. Me and my friends love it because we yeah. like seeing our city prosper. We like seeing it. We I mean, you, you can't not smile when you see awesome bars and everyone's having fun and eating and drinking and celebrating. But I love it. Yeah. But I've seen my parents, I've talked to my parents, I've talked to like the older cats out there and they hate it, bro. Mm. Because like the taxes get higher yeah. and it costs more to live in Oak Cliff and because everything's bougie now, bro. Mm-hmm. My dad back in the day, dude, they still live in the same house. I grew up in that house my whole life till I got married. He bought that house. Dude, I'm not even lying to you, bro. 15 grand back in the day. <laughs> now... Dude, now, just because they did a little bit of remodeling and because yeah. of the area they're in, because they're like seven minutes drive from Bishop, bro, their house costs 250 grand. Yeah. And that's crazy, bro. That is crazy. My wife and I have been looking over in the uh, River District in Fort Worth. And 10 years ago, these houses that we were looking at selling for 60 and going for no less than 250. It's sad for the people who are still struggling with cash, but the uh, it's like... And the beautiful side of it is you get to see a city begin to thrive mm-hmm. and you begin to see the the gang culture and all of that decrease. Because yeah. I know when I was growing up, bro, the gang culture was hot. And mm-hmm. there, obviously, it's still there, dude. If yeah. you're really looking for it, you're going to find it. Yeah. But I'm just confused. When I see a, a white girl walking her dog, bro, in my neighborhood in Oak Cliff, I'm like... <laughs> Something has changed. This totally. is not right. Yeah, <laughs> but it's good. It's yeah. good. It's good, bro. So. Yeah, she can take a walk with the dog. Exactly, it's, bro. It's good news. A little bit ago, you mentioned you know everybody's kind of going through a little bit of like this personal brand identity crisis kind of thing. Have you experienced anything along those lines for yourself, bro? I'm the worst with that. Mm. I think now. I think now people like me, we we confront a little bit and we we kind of we speak it into existence and we keep saying stuff until we believe it because obviously I can say all day that I don't care what anyone thinks about me blah 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 but it's like bro on the inside like there's always going to be that insecurity there's always going to be that so oh yeah dude that that's my biggest thing man that I struggle with and I I think it's more so the people pleasing side of it Mm -hmm. of wanting to be good enough for people and putting people on this higher pedestal which can navigate that whole identity crisis of who who am I really? Will yeah. I ever be good enough? Will I ever be that cool cat? Will I be Jordan or will I be uh, rude or future? Will I ever be these guys? Mm-hmm. And I, bro, I, I think we're all gonna struggle with it till the day we die. Yeah, We just get better at like coping with mm-hmm. it and navigating through it. Yeah, I could be wrong, but that's how I feel about it. No, man, I feel like the most that I've experienced has been because of social media. I feel like identity crisis hasn't really ever been something that I struggled with before then. But of course, I'm 29 over here, bro. I've had social media for longer in my life than than not. MySpace? Oh, bro. Bro, were you Zanga? Dude, were you emo back then? So I have a hat on. You can't see. My hair has since uh, gone the opposite <laughs> direction, bro. But I had the like swooped bangs. I knew straight it, Straight hair, bro. Oh, bro, I knew it. I would yeah. steal my sister's straightener, bro. <laughs> I was straighten my own hair because I'm Chicano, bro. I only have those curly waves. Yeah. I'll straighten my hair, bro. I'll freaking steal some jeans, dude. And I'll go to a, I'll go to a Deep Ellum where the concerts were at, man. Mm-hmm. All the screamo bands. Oh, yeah. Give me a scene, girl, bro. <laughs> <laughs> scene, kids, bro. All I can think about now, and I don't even know if it's on YouTube or the, ever the heck it lived but there was the video of the person taking like the quote-unquote typical myspace selfie in their mm-hmm. bathroom it was the dude he straightened his hair he's like got the phone like angled way too up high, way bro. too high it's just like you know <laughs> yeah dude that was uh bro what a what a time to be alive whole identity crisis right there bro. Whole identity crisis absolutely Isn't i was that crazy? so tied to my hair back then man it was like all i could do to get skinnier jeans and get longer 
swoopier hair bangs. Where'd you grow up, bro? All over the place, man. Mm. A little bit. So my dad worked in different tech industry companies when I was growing up. So we were here in Fort Worth for a little bit, up in Tulsa, Oklahoma for a bit, and then in uh, Seattle for a little bit. Which, oh, shoot. That was eighth and ninth grade, man. And went back and visited two years ago. Seattle's way cooler as an adult than it is as a kid. Dude, please catch me up. I want to know what Seattle's like. Everybody talks about how rainy it is all the time, and it is that. Mm-hmm. But the art culture in Seattle is so just base. Like, that is the culture in Seattle, man. Like, oh, so dope. Like, you know, Fort Worth has got a really good art culture. Dallas has a good art culture. But they're not really, you know, it's not like baked in. It's not what it's known mm-hmm. for, right? It might be known for sports something along mm-hmm. those lines. Seattle, the Pacific Northwest has just art baked into the, the culture, man. So I don't even know what it would be like on this identity thing to be up there and trying to be a photographer or a videographer or something like that. Because here, you know, you kind of have to either appreciate your surroundings enough to want to photograph them mm-hmm. or make stuff around them, whatever, or you go drive to, you know, the, the cool spot and make stuff there mm-hmm. up in Pacific Northwest, man, it's almost like you can like take a step outside, walk 15 feet and you got like tall pine trees and mountains mm-hmm. in the background and that, you know, P&W vibes, hashtag. <laughs> bro, Twilight, bro. Twilight. Twilight Forks, life, bro. I never went to Forks when I lived up there. Dude, uh, I love Twilight. I don't care. <laughs> bro, I don't care what anyone says, bro. Give me an ice vanilla latte, throw some oat in there, yeah. get my Doritos Cheetos, bro, and I'm gonna watch Twilight all night, bro. Yeah. I'll cry and look out the window, dude. I wanted that uh, Volvo that he had in the first movie really bad. I thought that, that was hatchback? Yeah, man. Oh, bro. I was hatchback that was if if i was bella bro it would have been over i'm staying with team edward all day bro yeah. jacob can leave <laughs> go back to his kennel <laughs> i haven't seen any of the movies or read any of the books except for the first first movie bro i'm telling you man i'm a white girl trapped in this mexican body yeah and i'm beautiful bro don't get me yeah. wrong but there's a white woman in here because yeah. i love all of that stuff dude what are the typical white girl thing bro, you think you would throw on romantic mix. comedies bro oh yeah Which are you kidding favorite? me do anything with Matthew McConaughey bro yeah it's over dude I'm freaking crying <laughs> I'm, I'm wiping my tears away bro I'm what all what commercial was he in for the Super Bowl oh shoot I don't know was it flat Matthew McConaughey for something oh he was flat right he was or was that Jason Momoa cause I know he was flat too I don't know, bro. Did you see that Doritos ad where uh, they took, they pulled their logo and everything off of just a red bag now? No. Mm-mm. I don't know how widespread this is, but uh, I saw this ad for the classic red and blue mm-hmm. and they removed everything off the bag. There's literally, it's just literally a red bag. Oh, and Doritos shoot. is so iconic that you're like, yeah, man, that's, that's a bag of that's Doritos kinda dope. right there. That's kind of dope though, bro. Being that big to not have a logo <laughs> and be like, no, we bro, no- that's it. <laughs> we are nothing. We're just a color, bro. And you already know who we are. That's wild to me. Dude, so you you were bringing up the whole art culture within Seattle. Mm-hmm. I love art, dude. Yeah. I probably That's probably why I've been on this whole hot take of getting spray paint and reliving old hoodlum days from my childhood of spray painting stuff and doing the posters and street art and stuff. I was in ninth grade, bro. My art teacher, he introduced me to that whole world of street art yeah. with Shepard Ferry. Like, do you know that, that dude? I don't. So the dude from Obey, uh, he did like a giant iconic poster for like Obama, uh, Banksy, you know Banksy? Mm-hmm. Uh, see Banksy. see that go. whole crowd, bro, yeah. Mr. Brainwash, it changed my world, bro. There's this one movie, dude. I will, I watch it I'm not even lying to you, bro. I watch it at least twice a month, maybe more than that. It's uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop, 
And I know that title and I don't think I've ever bro, seen it. It actually, it's a horrible movie. If you watch it, it's not great. Okay. Like if you go watch something on Netflix now, because you know how everything is so beautifully crafted. Mm-hmm. Dude, you watch that and you're like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. It's horribly <laughs> written and put together. But when I was in ninth grade, it was like a game changer for me. Because, mm-hmm. dude, that's that whole, that, that guy on there, his name's uh, Mr. Brainwash. And he gets put on by Banksy. Okay. And Banksy, you know, he's he's the hot boy. He's like the legendary guy. Oh, yeah, he man. never has to show his face, bro. Yeah. He's he's an icon. Yeah. He and he he put this whole movie together for this one cat, Mr. Brainwash. And he's just this crazy French guy that doesn't give a, a rip about what anyone thinks about him. Everyone thinks he's a fake because all he does is just clip art people's art and then just F with it and he like photoshops it and then he uh puts wheat paste and slaps it onto a wall somewhere. Mm. So he's like unoriginal and original all, all within one. And that's why people hate him, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like I'm that guy all the time. And I have, and I think that's why I love him because yeah. he, he just doesn't care, bro. That reminds me of this book that I saw, I don't know, bro, a couple of years ago called Steal Like an Artist. And it's basically the premise that nobody's original anymore, mm. that we've all... We've, you know, the word inspiration is thrown around all the time because we're all inspired, but whatever the heck. Um, but the whole premise of the book is that nobody's original anymore because we've all been inspired by somebody else. We all go and look at other people's Instagram feeds or brands' mm-hmm. websites or whatever in order to come up with our own stuff. Do you feel like y'all did that for Do No Evil? Bro, you look... Oh, dude, come on, man. You look at my the, the sweats I'm wearing or, yeah. or the people who are listening. Like, if you go into our site or whatever, you'll see some of the stuff and you're like, okay that kind of looks like a Travis Scott piece. Mm. That kind of looks like a Jerry Lorenzo piece. And it's like, in a sense, yeah, right? right? Like, But we just did our own little take on it. Well, and they did their own little take on whatever made it. On whatever they saw. Yeah, oh, totally. bro, you, you can't care, dude. No, you can't. I mean, if, if I'm straight up like copying exactly what Jer- Jerry Lorenzo did, but not changing anything about it and putting Do No Evil over, okay, then that's kind of an A-hole. Totally different. That's yeah. an A-hole move, right? Yeah. But everyone tweaks everything, bro. Yep. And I think what makes it original is how are you portraying it mm-hmm. and how are you pushing it? Yeah. So on our end, it's, it's all about self-love for mm-hmm. this drop, loving yourself. And if you go to my personal page, you'll just see me acting super wild yeah. and put an old school hip hop uh, music, Easy E, on top of like <laughs> us running through the city, like just stuff that I personally loved. Like yeah. I, I just, I just tie in the stuff I grew up with and into my life today. Yeah, the idea of self love, I think, is something that's thrown around a lot in our culture. But I feel like self love is thrown around a lot when it comes to finding success for yourself. It's like love mm-hmm. what you do because everything that you do is great. But there's not a lot of it talked about whenever you fail or whenever you don't live mm-hmm. up to the expectations that you set for yourself. Yeah. Bro, I feel like the idea of uh, loving yourself despite failure and loving yourself enough to know that the failure only brings you into the next thing, mm-hmm. that's a different look than I feel like a lot of people have on, mm-hmm. on self-love. Is that kind of what y'all, do y'all step into that arena at all? Man, self-love, that, that phrase, bro, that can, that makes perfect sense to that one girl Mm. in Beverly Hills totally getting her coffee and then you say that to one of the people I grew up with mm. and it's like what are you talking about yeah and you know what I'm saying like it's yeah, such yeah, yeah. a weird phrase bro it is like loving yourself like mm. it had, 
so I for Zeno Evil, I mean, it, it's you can go on there and it can be portrayed however you want, but it, dominantly it's like, hey, love, love who you are, and you don't need to depend on anyone, right? Like, you mm. need to learn how to love yourself before you go into this business or you go into this relationship. Like, you shouldn't have to be affirmed by someone or something else. Like, have enough affirmation in yourself. But like for me, bro. That word is so foreign to so many of my friends and like mm. my people that I grew up with. It's it's such a weird thing to try and teach a culture that didn't grow up in that. Yeah. Like people who grew up in an abusive home or people who grew up in, in gang in, in the gang culture or grew up um, in crime or whatever it is. That's I think that's what excites me the most as mm-hmm. um I love that crowd, bro. Yeah. I love that crowd. And I love being able to not teach them, but like show how I live my life, loving myself mm-hmm. and letting it be an example for those people that I'm able to be around yeah. versus like, hey, here's my three-step course or here's my beautifully written mm-hmm. caption on Instagram. Yeah. I just try and live it out in my life the best that I possibly can because yeah. that's a very weird phrase. Mm. So for the areas, like, do you have an area in your life that you, you can just say yes or no? Is there something about yourself that you want to work on? Oh, bro, come on, dude. Okay, so how, how does that play into that? Like loving yourself, but yet knowing that you want to work on something? Nick, if you, if you just one thing, since this relationship is going to keep growing, you're just going to learn I'm a hot mess, bro. Bro, I have had more personal conversations, like more phone off conversations since starting the podcast than I have in the last year. Right. So I definitely want to make it as intentional as I can. I think we're all messes, bro. We're all working on something. So can you say the question one more time so I answer correctly? Yeah, yeah, bro. I feel like, you know, when it comes to the idea of loving yourself, we all want to do that, but we all know that there are things about us that we want to work on. So, you know, you could say, I love myself and I love every part of me. And then I have this part of me that, you know, I know I want to work on. How do you love yourself enough to say, yeah, I'm, I'm good in these areas, mm-hmm. but I know I want to grow in this yep. area. Oh yeah. Okay. I understand. I mean, short answer is, is it's going to take a really long time for yeah. a lot of people. Maybe not some people like, but people like me, um, I'm still in this process of learning to accept failure, mm. take responsibility, take accountability for my flaws and the things I need to work on while also balancing grace uh, for myself. Like I need to have grace for myself because, um, hey, you, you never, I, Hector, you never dealt with that thing that happened to you when you were 12 years old. Mm-hmm. You never dealt with that thing. Like you're, it's coming up now yeah. whenever you get in a, a tiff with your wife or whenever uh, this relationship doesn't work out. Like you're still learning, right? So it is a balance of um, learning how to my, love myself is taking accountability for what I can control. Mm-hmm. And having grace for the areas that I'm still learning and processing through. Yeah, but man. that, dude, that last year, if you dig through my my social media, you'll see the transition of like how hard last year was for me. Do you get real on the podcast or? Oh yeah, chilling. Okay, cool. Um, I, I know it's all about coffee, and I'm out here going no, on. Man. So like every episode, I've, it starts off with a coffee, and the person wants to dive <laughs> okay. in on that. We dive in on that. If we dive in, whatever the heck. I think the most important thing for me is to be able to sit down and talk about real stuff with people. Oh, so go I, for it. I love it, dude. Um, yeah, bro. I mean, last year, I, I tried to take my life last year for real, for real, on in the summer, and then when I was 18. So twice now in my life, I've tried to. The first time, I'm thankful I chickened out. The second time, last year, bro, like 
shouts to Rachel, bro. My freaking queen of a wife, like mm. saved my life, bro. Like literally would like was holding on to me for dear life so that I couldn't leave the apartment. Yeah. And like, that's I'm all, happy you're still here, man. Me, bro. I'm, it's like a miracle, dude. Yeah. And you don't realize how, man, if, if you can't learn to love yourself, mm. you become, wow. bro, you just become and this is going to be really harsh, but it's true. And I'm talking about myself. I don't know everyone's scenario, but for me, I just became this super selfish, depressed, horrible person. Because if you really think about it, I could, woe is me, I'm depressed, blah, blah, blah. It's true. Mm. But the root of this, it's like, I've made it all about me now. Yeah. It's like, I don't care how I'm affecting my wife's life. I don't care if I, if I kill myself today, what's going to happen to her and how she has to figure everything out. She's going to be alone forever or, or how my parents will feel. It's like, you really do, bro. Like you go through such a crazy mental uh, beating that mm -hmm. you become like, it's all about me. Yeah. And that's a, that's a cruel way to look at it. But it's, at least for me, that's what it was. I became this selfish jerk and mm -hmm. it was all about me. And it, bro root of it because I didn't love myself enough yeah you know yeah so so how did you work through that what was the you know Rachel obviously played a big role mm -hmm. but what was the uh, what else played into it did you all start working on something together did you start doing you know did you start journaling what was there a tangible process for you something and we talked about our faith a little bit beforehand mm -hmm. obviously I feel like played a big role in it for you I mean there's a lot dude um, there's so many different aspects but um I'm still, I'm still in that process. Yeah. I'm still in that process of learning how to love myself. I think I will be until the day that I die. The biggest, just tangible stuff, the practical stuff forever, whoever is listening and struggling with that. Uh, exercise, bro. Yeah. Uh, I was pretty big mm -hmm. during that whole season. I think I was around 225 pounds. I, I got slim. Yeah, I got slim, fit, bro. Dude. And my buddies out in LA... Uh, they're all Marine vets and military guys, and I'm not, but yeah. I'm really cool with them. And every year on November, they do a 50-mile march, bro, from San Clemente, uh, uh, southern LA, or Cali, I'm sorry, and then they go all the way up to Long Beach, so all along the coast. Wow. And last year was the second time I was going to go and do it. Bro, I was, it's kind of like I had a, uh, I used that day, of November mm -hmm. to be the main day. I wanted to arrive and I was a new man, right? Yeah. But it was more than just like being in shape to look cool for my for my friends out there. Of it was like, let me just use that as a little goal, a little goal day, as a little a race to finish the line. I'm gonna get in really good shape. So I started running every day, exercising, and that was a really healthy way for me to cope through all of my depression, mm -hmm. um, to feel something again. Yeah. Because I don't know for like people who work out or whatever, uh, sounds weird, sounds super uh, philosophical and all that. But like, dude, when you push your body to the limit, mm -hmm. you unlock something in there. Yeah. I don't care. Because I, I have been on the spectrum of feeling nothing, neutral, depressed, wanting to kill myself. I've been there and mm -hmm. I've been on the side of like, I'm 48 miles in deep. We have to run the last two miles. We've been walking for over 15 hours something unlocks bro yeah. and you're able to physically overcome something that mentally you never thought you could do so to answer your question um the biggest part for me was the the physical exercise mm -hmm. of getting in shape and then through that i mean on the faith side like allowing god being open allowing god to work within me in my marriage 
uh, being open and honest to Rachel about how I feel, how mm-hmm. I'm doing versus suppressing everything. Yeah. And then three, this, like talking to people like you and talking to people I trust and mm-hmm. that I love uh, and being super honest, bro. Even yeah. on the days it seems stupid, like I'm just upset today. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. being honest like that. Right. Yeah. So. Dude, I remember just going through different, you know, days in college and uh, waking up and just feeling like melancholy as all get out. Mm-hmm. Not for any particular reason, bro. No idea why. Just would text my buddy and be like, hey man, don't know what's going on today, but I'm just, I never wanted to throw the word depression at it because I felt like there was so much weight to that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I still don't know if that's what I would call it, but I just felt off. Man, yeah, I think, you know, relationships was a big part of working through that for me. Bro, I started running last year in the middle. I mean, because it was like everybody had everybody had time to figure out what they wanted to do with their time. Mm-hmm. I've got a 17-month-old dude, so she was, you know, even younger last year. Running became a, a thing for a couple of months Dude, for I me. didn't know that. I wish that it still was, bro. It's way too cold right now. It's oh like, my gosh, it's awful, bro. I don't even want to step outside right now. Dude, I didn't run in high school. Didn't have any, like the idea of running for fun when I had my track friends be like no it's it's a great time like you really like you get into it and then you kind of just want to keep going i was like y'all are crazy <laughs> started running last year man and it's uh one of the greatest joys that i've ever had is just going for a run Bro. putting the phone on airplane mode and just kind of feeling my feet hit the ground mm-hmm. being in the space that's without distraction enough to like feel the air in my lungs and just kind of pay attention to everything in a different way dude it's it's a natural stress reliever bro yeah now i'm able to my, my favorite type of run is six miles okay in an hour that's one hour dedicated to all my cardio and i love doing it bro because i get my best ideas yeah. When I'm running, bro, I get my best ideas. I feel the most fulfilled because I'm able to just get out of that funk. Like, bro, I feel you, dude. Like mm-hmm. on the melancholy. How do you say that word? Melancholy. Melancholy. Yeah. Okay, cool. You take what you and I'll take melancholy. See, we get each other, bro. <laughs> I know depression is like a big word, but like, bro, you were probably depressed. Like, probably. If you don't, if yeah. you really just want to say, like, you probably right. were, bro, because I have been there where. I just feel numb. I don't feel anything. I feel like everything's wasting my time or I'm exhausted all the time for whatever reason. Dude, that run is exciting because it, it, that whatever's happening chemically within your brain, within your body, like it's, it's incredible. And dude, I've been on both sides. I've been the, I've been the bigger heavy set guy where it's like, ah, what's the point? It's mm-hmm. a waste of time. And then now I'm on the other side where I'm really doing it. And I'm like, Oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it, bro. It's addicting and yeah. you're running and the wind is in your face. My freckles are flying everywhere, bro. <laughs> like it's, I love it, dude. Yeah. I love it, bro. I like your, uh, your nose piercing, man. Bro. How long have you had that? Dude, I got it in Thanksgiving in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. It's new. Dude, I take pain very well. Yeah. I, pr- I pride myself in that, dude. I really do. But that, it, this thing, this might've been the most second painful thing I felt in my life mm. see people everyone's gonna call me a wuss now <laughs> cause I've talked to so many girls they're like you're such a wimp like I've I have all these piercings that don't hurt at all yeah. dude I've been hit by a truck bro I was in 7th grade dude I was on MySpace I was emo bro yeah. I was emo I was on MySpace updating my status telling everyone like yo new phone who this <laughs> the last thing I remember is the freaking cross guard lady bro t- screaming at me to stop and I woke up in an ambulance oh bro so Thank God I'm alive. Yeah. But the when they took me off the bed, when I woke up at the hospital, the first pinky toe that touched the ground was the most painful thing I've ever <laughs> experienced in my life, bro. It felt like 20,000 pounds around me. Yeah. 
The second thing was the nose piercing, bro. Okay. Because he stabbed me. Yeah. He, you know, they use that, uh-huh. that, that, whatever that piercing thing is. Yeah. Dude. And it, you've got tattoos. I mean, you've got tattoos all over your arms. I imagine you have, you know, ones that would have been painful. This was more painful. Oh, bro. Yeah. I've had, I have a tattoo on my elbow, dude. That was awful. Yeah. That my left ear, uh, my my left eye was nonstop sobbing. Mm. Like, I'm not crying, but like the it, yeah, yeah. the eye, it's like uncontrollable. It kept crying because like I I don't know what's happening in my face and yeah. nerves or whatever. But yeah, dude, I I love it. My mom yeah. hates it, bro. I've thought about one for quite some time now, bro. You would look hot if you had oh, one, yeah. bro. Wifey gonna go crazy, bro. She sees that. She wants me to get it. She's <laughs> told me every time. She's like, "Just go do it. Just come home one day with it. I'll be fine. It'll look great." You know what I don't like though? What's that? I don't like no one. I like it aesthetically. It mm-hmm. looks pleasing. It looks cool. Yeah, it's a hipster thing to do. Right. But if I were to get in a fight, bro, I feel vulnerable. I'm mm-hmm. like, this dude pull can, on that thing, bro. He can yeah. rip it, or if he punches me good enough mm-hmm. he can really damage me yeah. like I don't that stuff freaks me out so that's what I don't, I feel vulnerable I just think about my kid pulling on it oh yeah bro <laughs> how old's your kid she's 17 months old oh my gosh that's so cute dude. she has more excitement for life of anyone that I've ever met dude how does it feel being a dad bro it's is it your first or your second first bro catch me up in that world bro I told Edder to share the uh founder of Sons of Liberty this a couple weeks ago. I love that guy, dude. He's awesome. He is amazing. He's amazing. We were talking about kids and I told him, for me, having a kid brought a whole new perspective to God as father. Mm -hmm. I felt like that was something that, you know, was kind of intangible for me for a long time. And uh, having a kid brought that part of my faith into perspective in a way that I never was able to know otherwise. My sleep has been messed up for 17 months, bro. (laughs) I haven't, I mean, homegirl loves to wake up in the middle of the night because she's just excited for life. It's a good time, man. Dude, I'm, I'm so excited for me and my wife. Yeah. We are so excited to have kids one day, whether that's going to be this year or next year, because we, we, we want to do it whether it's this or next. Mm-hmm. Dude, I have, I went through a really hard time like out of high school. Um, I had lost a baby. Oh, wow, um, man. This is, it, and it is what it is. And I had lost a baby and I didn't have any control over that. Mm. And I don't want to go into too much details over it, but like went through that whole thing. And it's been really cool to now be married. And like, you see like yourself when you're 18 mm-hmm. and when you're so much younger. And like, dude, I genuinely believe, this is so silly. I for real believe like I'm never ever going to find anyone ever again. Mm. Right. Like I'm never yeah. going to, I'm never going to be, I, I, I guess that's a big part of like the whole like self love thing of like, no one loves me enough to like have my baby. Or so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm never going to find someone who's going to even want to be with me. And then like my wife, bro, I'm telling you, dude, I have a tattoo right here that says lover boy. I <laughs> that's awesome looking, am dude. obsessed with that woman, bro. How and long been married? this, this April will be three years. Okay, dude. And I mean, she came into that whole crazy season. Like I was pretty fresh to, what all of that that happened and like she like loved me through it bro yeah so like there's parts of the two man where it's like i had to learn how to love myself but like like she was there willing to love me mm-hmm. even in the midst of all of what was happening yeah you know what i mean like yeah, dude. dude i was a mess i'm yeah. like i was like girl you should have ran for the hills you don't want to be with me and all of my trash that i'm dealing with right now and she just stuck with me bro yeah how long y'all been married? You and your lady? It'll be seven years. Oh, man. And bro, I, you know, not in as a weighty of a way, 
but I would say we all know the things we all know that we're messed up in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel you having someone else be willing to walk through, work through, love you through all of your crap, bro. That's a different experience, man. Like, you, you know, you can, you can tell yourself that I'm going to work through this on my own, but having somebody else be like, all right, let's go. My whole life, bro. I have grown up in and out of church and all that. Mm-hmm. Up until this year, dude, I'm not even playing with you. I never fully believed in God, like yeah. ever, right? Because I'm a human like anyone else. And we say the dumbest thing, which is I'm not going to see it till I believe it, bro. Mm-hmm. Right. And in a sense, I'm never going to see that golden Lord of the Rings f- falcon flying through the sky, right? Maybe, right? I, yep. Who knows, right? But if there's one thing that showed me like what... God could be is mm-hmm. like the love of that freaking woman I'm with, bro. Like, yeah. how can this girl love me so unconditionally mm-hmm. and like through all of my mess, right? Yeah. And here's the crazy thing, man, is to think that like she's a human being that's yeah, doing bro. that. To think about Jesus doing that, bro. Game that's changer. a different level. Game changer, bro. Dude, literally, I, I mean, I told you off the pod, bro. I worked at a church for the last six years, Mm -hmm. I barely believed in God, dude. Mm. To talk about identity crisis, I'm out there preaching to teenagers Mm -hmm. about following Jesus, Mm -hmm. getting into this lifestyle. And here I am behind the curtain, not even believing it for myself. Mm. Yeah, I I struggle with it a ton, man. And now, I mean, I'm trying to go all in and it's, it's still an everyday process and all that stuff. But if there's one tangible thing that I see is, is like my wife was that for me, bro. Mm. And that was like a, just a big, I don't know, like maybe God was trying to be funny with me. He gave me like the right woman. He's like, I'm going to show you me yeah. through this lady. Yeah. I think we experienced a lot of that, uh, in our lives. We experienced the love of God through other people. I would say, you know, we're all supposed to represent him, be hands and feet. And I think that means that we're probably going to experience the love of God through somebody else in our lifetime. So, dude, I get it. I mean, I think having a kid was second thing, getting married, that responsibility, that relationship was the other mm-hmm. thing that just really opened up a lot of my understanding of faith and relationship, dude. So, I mean, I hear you. I think the uh, the idea of working for a church to um, kind of satiate that, like, I work for a church, so I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like that was something that I kind of dealt with. I work for one right now too. And uh, I was out in Dallas a couple of years ago and someone was walking around handing out from the church that you mentioned. Someone was walking around handing out these like, um, I won't call them tracks because that's not what they were, but that's basically what they were. Tracks, dude. I remember <laughs> that from back in the day, bro. Yeah. It was basically that, just like a modernized version of it. And instead of responding like, oh, I, I follow Jesus right now, I responded like, oh, I work for a church. Mm. That was a moment for me, bro. Talk about like a, uh, wow, what do I, what do I uh, give so much precedence to this for? Yeah, that, that was my response. That was a huge moment for me. Oh, bro. three, Dude, three Sundays ago, I didn't realize this, dude. I never, for anyone who is not a believer, forgive me if this makes no sense, but I can feel what you're feeling in a sense because I get it of believing, not believing, all of that. Three weeks ago, bro, I literally, I think I gave my life to God yeah. for the first time ever. Wow. Like if there was that's a awesome. right way to do it, that's why I say I think, yeah. that was it. Yeah. it. It's like, man, my whole life, working at churches, mm-hmm. leading people to God or whatever that is. Like mm-hmm. I did it for the first time through school. Bro, I'm bawling 
at the front of the stage and it just it makes no sense so yeah. dude i get it when it when you're you can use the i go to church as a crutch mm -hmm. for your relationship with god yeah and i don't know i think one of my favorite things to do though is being uh, being an example by like legitimately pouring into the community mm -hmm. so i love my people in oak cliff bro yeah, my favorite thing i did when i worked at the church my favorite thing that gave me so much life was working with all the inner city kids mm. i chaplained for all the the football teams in grand prairie yeah. and the the basketball teams at grand prairie high school and dude i love those kids so much mm. and that was my favorite thing because bro talk about people who everything me and you were talking about mm -hmm. it, it's it's like gibberish yeah it's like you bring up following god or you mm -hmm. bring up marriage and all this stuff it's foreign out there dude mm -hmm. it's so many kids with no dad bunch yeah. of kids who who have never like even gone to church or have a good community all they have is like their coaches in, the, in their school which right. is a good influence on them yeah. so in those scenarios people don't even have time to think through the uh the more existential questions of life you get people in the mode oh my of thinking gosh. through just like, no, I've got to meet base needs, dude. I'm out here. I've got to meet base needs. I got to figure out what's going to happen for food today. How am I going to work through this thing with my, you know, siblings when we're the only ones at the house, whatever it might be. Bro, aren't we so pampered that I couldn't even ask questions in my head about like, oh God, are you real? When there's like kids out there who like, I need to put dinner on the table yeah. for my sister and my mom tonight. Mm -hmm. And I have to do my homework and show up to basketball practice. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah, man? Yeah. And it, it, dude, it humbles me. I'm like, it brings me to a place of like, I need to learn and it's a practice. I need to practice living my life in gratitude yeah. because we do have it so good and mm -hmm. it's not perfect. I mean, you look at the news, you look at all the things that's happening in the world. There's pain and suffering everywhere you look, yeah. but within your own life, like, practicing the mental state of like, I'm going to choose to be grateful mm -hmm. in it. It's a hard thing to do, but yeah. it's something I try to do yeah. every day, bro. Yeah, man. I heard someone recently talk about being grateful for what is mm. just as kind of a, a plain statement. And I couldn't get that out of my head, man. I think that there's so much that's like, nah, bro, what's, of course we want to work on, you know, whatever we're passionate about and making things better in the world and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, being grateful for what it is, is feels like it's such a uh, foreign concept in a lot of ways to actually just be like, yeah, man, I woke up, I was warm and dry this morning, bro. And that's mm -hmm. Dude, we are in such a weird country. Yeah. Bro, I can go down the street and get McDonald's. Yeah. Isn't that the best feeling in the world? And then you can go across the street and get Panda Express. All day, bro. Yeah. And there's people in the world, man. Dude, they wake up, they gotta go hunt. Mm -hmm. They got to get water. Yeah. They got to take care of the family. Mm -hmm. It's a weird place we're in, man. It is, man. It's very strange to think about the, like, what that has done to our lives, the things that we find as top priorities because those other things, and not that it's good to eat McDonald's, right? Because we're like, you know, <laughs> who knows what that's made out Bro, of. Bro, I, listen, dude, y'all can cancel me for this one <laughs> and delete this off the No Creamer <laughs> podcast. I love McDonald's, bro. Bro, I McGriddles are the uh, the jam, bro. Bro, one a.m. Yeah, I'm doing Uber Eats. Mm -hmm. I'm throwing on Goodfellas or an old school movie. Yeah, I'm chilling in the hood, bro. Yeah. I'm safe. That's my favorite <laughs> word. I feel safe when I got that food that mm -hmm. late. Yeah, bro. I uh, so there's one literally across the, uh -huh. the street where we're sitting right now, and 
uh, one night I was working late and I was like, I want to get some McDonald's. So I Uber some McDonald's over and it was like 14 bucks or whatever. Two days later, I was like, man, that was really good. I'm going to go pick that up on the way home. And it was like six bucks. And I was like, man, Uber Eats out here really just raking it in. Bro, they making money, dog. Raking it in. It's crazy. What dude. another world. Yeah. We can order anything you want, dude. Yeah. I love that stuff. It's good. Bro, where were you born again? I was born in Tulsa. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Did elementary school there, did middle school, a little bit there and here. See, I have, fa- around a bit, I have family in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I have, I have a family in Oklahoma City. I have one friend, uh, uh, Timmy Arisa. Shouts to Timmy. He's doing, up, Tim? he's doing his whole music scene out there, which is super dope. I want to travel so much more, man. Yeah. I, I think the only crazy cool place I've been to is Malta, the little island right under Italy. Mm-hmm. And I went there for my honeymoon. Dang. Bro, it's another world, dude. Yeah. $13, full bottle of wine, and a large pizza, bro. Oh they don't gosh. care about money out there, bro. It's yeah. island living. It's just these regular people. Oh, dude, and it's such another world. They close. You can't look at Google Maps or, or Yelp. Mm-hmm. They're never going to listen to their hours. Like, it can say, like, we're open here to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Dude, they show up when they please. Yeah. It's legit island living, bro. Mm-hmm. What was the best food you had while you were there? Was it that bottle of wine and pizza? No, bro. Fried chicken. Yeah. Bro. I don't know what these Maltesian people are doing out there. Okay. I had the best fried chicken I've ever had in my life, bro. Mm-hmm. That's Southern food, bro. I don't even know how it got there. Yeah. I went up in there. It was like 1 a.m. There was one adorable little kid in there just cooking a fried chicken. Mm-hmm. He told me he wants to start his own club one day. Whoever you are, man, I hope you're listening. I love you. He made the best fried chicken I've ever had, mm-hmm. bro. It's such a weird place, dude. That's wild to think about getting fried chicken over island underneath Italy, man. Bro, that wasn't no fried chicken, bro. That was like some Susquehanna chicken or something. I don't know what that thing is, dog. <laughs> that sounds awesome, man. Have you traveled any other, any other remote parts of the world? No, bro. I'm Dude, I'm telling you. I'm, why do I keep slumping into this chair, dude? I'm, a, like, I, I'm doing the same thing over here, man. No, I, I am so uncultured, apparently. Basic. Like, I've... I've only been to my from Mexico, my country, once when I was four years old, and all I remember was the whole restroom was painted blue. Like that's apparently a thing. Like the toilet's blue, the tiles blue, the wall is blue, the tub is blue. Like wow. it's always one solid color. Yeah, that's all I remember. And my parents were always so scared, to, and they still are, to travel to Mexico because of the cartel. Mm-hmm. And dude, my cousins and stuff, they're always traveling to Mexico and they never have no problems. But I think my dad, when he was younger, they had one bad run in where they got, that was it. Yeah, dude. I mean, you could get traumatized by that. Totally. Dude, I had a gun pointed at my head when I was 17. Shouts to Daniel Martinez, my, my neighbor. Uh, we were riding our bikes. We were 17 or 16. We were in Oak Cliff. And this one guy, bro, this is the iconic Oak Cliff vehicle, bro. 2003 Tahoe. Hmm all white the hood is painted black uh 32 inch rims on there music's bumping this guy pulled up to us and he was blaming us saying that we stole his phone dude i ain't got your phone bro Jeez. i didn't steal your phone yeah no i was wiping around i did the stupidest thing any little latino kid could ever do i laughed at him this is, bro this, you don't mess with a guy like this no tattoos all over his face this guy his buddy is already hold, like showing that he's holding his gun mm-hmm. bro this guy goes to the back of his car he pulls out a machine gun and he points it to me and my friend because I laughed he didn't care about the phone no more bro no it's because I, disres- it's, yeah. I disrespected yeah. him and fight or flight bro I just had to stay there and I was like I'm literally gonna die today 
my first reaction was to grab my knife in my mm-hmm. pocket, but like, what am I going to do, bro? Second, yeah, right. I pull my knife and I'm getting yeah. shot. I was like, I'm going to die today. But then the neighbors came out and then he said, if I see you again, uh, I'm, I think he said, if I see you again, I'm going to have my friends F you up or whatever. He didn't mm-hmm. say he was going to kill me, but yeah. he said like, you're going to get jacked up, yeah. right? Next time I see you. After that, bro, I never saw him again. What else happened to me? I feel like, you know, you keep saying like you're, you said uncultured a second ago. We've lived two very different lives, bro. <laughs> you're talking about being uncultured. I'm sitting over here like, dang, man. Uncultured is a whole different meaning when it comes to, uh, to my life compared to things that you've experienced. I think I'm talking about like travel, yeah. drinking, all the beautiful wines, all like exploring the world. I'm not into that whole yeah. scene. I'm not that. I want to be one day. Yeah. But yeah, dude, I, I'm just a hoodlum who grew up in, in, in West Side of Dallas. Mm. So maybe that's the only culture that I know. Sure. I don't know anything else. And I know, I mean, we moved around like, dude, it was like every two years. So like cultural experiences for me, it was very strange to kind of get baked into and attached to because I mean, it was just like, when are we going to move again type Mm -hmm. thing? And got to do most of high school over here uh, in Keller. Oh, shit. um, Yeah. So it's so weird driving back by high school, man. That's a weird experience. Dude, what, what were you into growing up? Music, movies, all that stuff. Like, I mean, when you brought up the scene kit thing, dude, all I could think about was just like Mayday Parade. Oh, bro. Shout yeah. out Mayday Parade. Get that My Chemical Romance, bro. Oh, yeah, man. Boys Like li- Girls. What was I jamming yesterday? Oh, Black Parade, dude. Oh, bro. Dude, I'm freaking looking out the window. Yeah. Crying. Oh, yeah. Hearing that song, bro. It takes two notes for me to get chills. I can get chills right now. <laughs> thinking about that freaking song. The music scene, dude, was big for me growing up. I loved just figuring out new bands. Are you a musician? Bro, I picked up guitar for... I don't know, probably three years or so, and then just never did anything with it. Okay, but yeah. you're into the whole world of the bands and the local bands and all that stuff? Uh, as much as I can be. There's a couple of local bands that I know mm-hmm. because I have shot for them in the past, but I don't think, had I had I not been shooting at like Mass in mm-hmm. Fort Worth, I wouldn't have known about them. Bro, I love that whole scene. Like, I wish I had the time. I mean, I do have the time, but I make time for what I'm doing now, yeah, which right. is exactly. all that stuff. Yeah. I, I don't make time for the music scene anymore, but like, man, growing up, dude, I wanted to be like those rock stars. Mm-hmm. I loved going to the concerts. Yeah. Everyone's freaking out. But yeah. now, dude, like, now that I don't make so much time to find new music or find new things to do, mm-hmm. I've realized my brain tapped into what I knew growing up, right? So my Spotify is all the stuff my dad showed me, like old school, Bill Withers, Mm. Cool in the Gang, like 70s funk or or 80s pop. Like, uh, it's all I jam to. When I get home at the end of the week, my favorite thing to do, I'll get like cereal and I'll watch all the old movies I used to watch. Mm. Money Talks, Rush Hour, like Goodfellas, like, all that stuff, like I realized, man, like since I don't have the time to be in those hobbies mm-hmm. and all that stuff because of work and the things I'm loving that I'm doing now, yeah. when I can rest, it's like I just get set back to like whatever I used to know. What cereal are you picking? Oh, come on, bro. I'm all about the Honey Nut Cheerios. Oh, yeah. Cocoa Puffs, bro. I don't discriminate, dude. <laughs> I'm all about cereal, bro. Yeah. Maybe a little Frosted Flakes, dude. Okay. I ain't complaining, bro. That's a good mix. I'm thankful. We've got more options of sugary cereal that are all just like banging. Bro, I don't care. I, I love, love food. Dude, I'm a glutton. Yeah. I, bro, I'm an animal. I'm not going to lie to you. you all can I can ha- think about is Captain Crunch right now. I don't know why. Dude, if it's 12 a.m., I've worked all day. Mm-hmm. I'm a Uber Eats. 
I'm putting a movie on and I eat too much, bro. It's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Sometimes I will eat till I get sick, dude. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> As you're getting to that spot, you're like, man, this food's delicious. And then you hit the one spot. It's the one you bite know. and you're like, oh, bro, frick. it's touched the rim of your belly. Yeah. You're like, if I go anymore, Mm-hmm. God might not let me into heaven. <laughs> He's judging me right now. And you're dude. looking over at your uh, your quarter pounder with cheese, and you're like, "There's three more bites." Of oh that my thing. gosh! Number four. Yeah. Hold the lettuce and tomato because that's too healthy. A slice <laughs> of American cheese with mayonnaise, bro. Yeah, bro, that is a kiss from Jesus Himself. That's doing it all. Letting day. me know that He forgave me. Yeah. That's how good that food is, bro. It's awesome, man. <laughs> I've never had someone talk so uh, passionately about food. <laughs> I love it. Dude, I'm thankful for you, man. Thanks for letting me come through. Yeah, and this is awesome. Dude. Hang with you and all that. Been a really good conversation. So y'all drop on Sunday. Yes. Uh, you drop tomorrow. Shameless, uh, shameless plug, y'all. We are uh, dropping our clothing on Valentine's Day. Uh, you should have this podcast. You can go to uh, the Do No Evil Co. page on Instagram. Find all of our jazz and take whatever you want. And we just want to promote self-love, bring people together and hang. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to do another drop next month, potentially with a, a really fun company. So we'll keep y'all tuned on that stuff too. Sweet, dude. I've got one segment on the show. Yeah, bro. Let's it's do called it. Name That Drink. Who's your favorite character across whatever, if it's a movies, books, TV? I think right now, dude, I'm going to have to go with Django, bro. Okay. Django Unchained, yeah. bro. All I want to be is that gorgeous caramel macchiato skin dude with a dope freaking blue suit yeah have you seen that movie i have not seen are that you movie. kidding me dude ah man see you're talking about my face earlier your <laughs> face just dropped like crazy <laughs> quentin tarantino bro yeah he's this he's a legend bro okay i want to be Django because he gets his woman stole from him mm-hmm. stolen from him she has to be a slave for leonardo dicaprio right and he said i'm freaking gonna go save my girl Bro, a straight gangster, gets the love of his life, goes and fights Leo and all his his goons. Mm. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good love story with yeah. action, bro. Yeah. So that's my favorite character. Okay. So Django's or Carly for my Carly. I love her too. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. There's the spectrum, bro. You just like picked both sides of it. That's so funny, man. So Django's, you know, on his way to save his girl. He's gonna pop by and grab a a coffee real quick. Amen. What's he going to order? Django might fool you. He might fool you thinking that this guy's rugged. He's dirty. Mm-hmm. He's going to save his lady. But the only way to do that is he needs to tap into his inner basic white woman. <laughs> and he's going to order that ice vanilla latte with oat milk, <laughs> a sprinkle of cinnamon, and a little bit of love. And it has to be a recycled cup because we're not getting canceled out here, baby. No, Save, no chance. We're saving turtles. I think you found your spirit animal, dude. We're saving turtles and we're yeah. saving women, bro. There you go, man. <laughs> dude, this has been the uh, highlight of my day for sure. <laughs> um, I love chatting with you, man. It's I'm, I'm fun, stoked man. for everybody here, the episode, to jump on and support Yarl. And uh, yeah, man, look to look forward to chatting in the future, keeping up with you and everything that you got going on. Where can people find y'all on social media specifically? Like just drop the, drop the handles real quick. Yeah. Y'all can just search Hector Alex Guerrero. You'll find, um, my wife there, all of my partners will be on there and all the stuff that we're doing. Awesome. As always, no coffee is harmed in the making of this episode because this is no no creamer, baby. Yeah.